so starting with Gino, what's on your mind? <laughs> no, whatever. Or would you like me to read? Whatever. Um, I think it would be nice if you read a verse or two. All right. Well, maybe that'll stir some thoughts up. I like it when we have just like an open discussion. It's, that's so much fun. And I'm trying to get better and better at that. Um, I was thinking earlier today about a couple of verses in the seventh chapter. One of them is 714. And I'll read... And then we can discuss. Daivihi eshugunamai, mamamaya durataya, mameva ye prapadyante, mayametam tarantite. So Krishna is saying here this divine energy of mine, consisting of the three modes of material nature, is difficult to overcome. But those who have surrendered unto me can easily cross beyond it. So, uh, before I get into the purport, what is he saying here? He's saying, this material energy of mine, these modes of material nature, goodness, passion, and ignorance, are difficult to overcome. Now, when Krishna says something's difficult to overcome, he's talking, you know, this is, this is tough. This is tough stuff. But those who have surrendered unto me can easily cross beyond it. There he goes again. You know, what is Krishna saying all through Bhagavad Gita? Surrender to me, surrender to me, surrender to me. You know, and uh, um, it sounds so easy, and it, and it is easy in concept, but we don't like that word. You know, but those of us that are caught in this material world, it, we don't like it because that's what happens when you're defeated. You know, when uh, uh, just like when we dropped uh, the atom bomb on Japan, they, they surrendered. When we surrounded Hitler and blew up Germany, he surrendered. You know, the, the Germans had to surrender. You know, General Lee had to surrender to General Grant. So in, in our interpretation of surrender, we think of it as, well, that's not so good. You know, that's like if you beat me to death just before I die, I'll say, okay, okay, I surrender. You see? So that's a material concept. And if you add, and here he goes with that love thing again, if you add love, surrender is what people who love each other do. Mm. You see? Don't lovers surrender to one another? Oh, you know, I want to do something. What would you like to do tonight? Oh, I don't know. What would you like to do? Well, I ask you first. But I want you to know. You know see? So I want to know. I want to do for you. So surrender has a real positive spin when you add the element of love. And I don't mean... Uh, material lusty love. I mean spiritual love. When you mix that in, it's just like um, if you make lemonade without sugar, it has a bitter taste. But when you throw in the sugar, then I'll, you know, or honey or whatever you like. I know people don't like sugar anymore, but the sweetener of your of your preference, then you get something that's very nice, very attractive. So surrender, throw in love, a loving relationship. Uh, Krishna is not there to beat you to death with the material energy. It's not, he's not saying, look, I'm going to keep hammering you until you surrender. Of course, that's going to happen, you know, but it's not his intention that I'm just going to keep on. The material energy will do that because that's what the material energy does. You see, so uh, Krishna says, um, 
it's very easy. What is he, how does he put it? But those who have surrendered unto me can very easily cross beyond it. You see, why? Because he carries us. It's said that uh, to uh, cross the ocean of material suffering, and we're going to talk about suffering a little bit later, uh, is as easy as stepping over the water caught in the hoofprint of a calf for the devotee, for someone who surrendered to Krishna. Krishna says like that, you see. So I'm going to read some of the purport. How much time? It's up to you. Okay, you know, I, you have to sometimes let me know. I don't know when to quit. You know, so I'm sorry. It's a weakness that I have. But it's a good weakness. Uh, Krishna's just fun to talk about, you know, and being with Krishna's devotees is fun too. So I'll read the purport, and again, stop with any questions or comments. Okay. Purport: The supreme personality of Godhead has innumerable energies. And all of these energies are divine. Although the living entities are part of his energies and are therefore divine, due to contact with material energy, their, orig their original superior power is covered. Being thus covered by material energy, one cannot possibly overcome its influence. See, Prabhupada says it even stronger than Krishna. So you can't possibly overcome the influence of the material nature by yourself. You see, we're part of the divine energy. You know, this, the matter, material energy, is subordinate to us. But yet, when we come in contact with it, we have a tendency to get covered over, like uh, dust covers a mirror, you see, and it doesn't work anymore. <clears throat> As previously stated, both the material and spiritual natures, being emanations from the Supreme Personality of Godhead, are eternal. The living entities belong to the eternal superior nature of the Lord, but due to the contamination by the inferior nature, matter, their illusion is also eternal. That doesn't sound good. Prabhupada, Prabhupada has a way of just laying it on the... <laughs> here's the truth. It may not be palatable, but here it is. He's saying that, you know, this contamination is eternal. Unless, of course, we do something. You know, this covering, this contamination that we, uh, the spiritual spark, uh, have encountered by coming in contact with the material nature will go on perpetually. You know, birth after birth after birth, uh, uh, transmigrating through all the species of life, up and down, and all the, throughout the, the different worlds and you know, all the planets, you know, sometimes people, they, they, they look up at the sky and, and science tells you there's innumerable planets. And you think, oh my God, yeah, how, how can we even count them? It goes gazillions of miles. And then if you think about it, a devotee thinks of it, not only have I transcended all of the 8,400,000 species of life, but I've probably done it on every one of these planets. I've been here so long. Just going around on this merry-go-round, you know, without any uh, any hope, you know. And you said something just before you stopped the kirtan. You know, we, we've got to put Prabhupada in, in here. We've got to. And I thought, yeah, he's here. He is here. He's with us. You know. So, uh, what does the pure devotee do? The pure devotee says, "All right, I'm going to give you an opportunity to stop this merry-go-round. You can you can get off this, you know." Uh, it's, it's like if you're drowning, you know, and the spiritual master says, here, take my hand. 
you know. <laughs> yeah. And we have a tendency to say, oh, well, thank you, but uh, can you hold that thought? Because i got a couple of things I wanted to do before. But you stay there. You're going to be here for a long time? How long are you going to be in town? Uh, you know, maybe we can do this, you know, you know call me. You know. Are you on Facebook? <laughs> you know, and uh, so, but, you know, I like this idea, but doggone it, not, not today. I didn't, I didn't come here prepared to surrender to Krishna, you know, or Krishna's pure devotee. So let's do it. You free Tuesday? You know, what you, I'll tell you what, I'll call you, you know. And, uh, but, but sure, for some, you know, if not Tuesday, then maybe Friday or some, some yuga, we'll get together, you know, because this is something I really, really want to do, you know. And so I always think that, uh, when you, you know, when you meet somebody you haven't seen in a long time, and they say, hey, buddy, how are you? So oh, I'm doing fine. You know, we, we got to do lunch. We got to get together sometime. You say, yeah, let's. So then you walk away. So what did that conversation mean? <laughs> Practically nothing except good to see you. You made me feel happy. You know, but, but until somebody says, uh, hey, what do you say we do lunch? Okay, uh, good. How about Tuesday? Next Tuesday. All right, now you've got something real. Now we put a time to it. Otherwise, it's just like we're going to, someday we're going to do lunch, you know. It'd be nice. It's a great thought, you know. I really like you, and I, I don't want you to vanish from my life, but I don't want to do lunch with you today or tomorrow or any time. I don't have it planned, <laughs> you know. But gee whiz, before we die, let's do lunch. So we have a tendency to do that when it comes to uh, cleaning things up. You know, put it on hold and just back it up. I know I want to do this. I know I want to go there. But not today. <laughs> so uh, we, we have that tendency. Um, and the tendency is it's there because our faith right now, uh, even though we're losing faith in the material energy, we have faith in the material energy because it's the only thing we've known. You know, th through our lives on all these planets and in all the species of life, that's all we've really known is the material energy. And sure, it's a losing battle, but sometimes it seems like I'm winning. Of course, I get knocked down again, but boy, it sure seems like I'm winning it. So I have a little bit of faith in my ability to uh, maneuver through the material energy. Uh, if you'd caught me last week, I would have thought, oh boy, I'm about to throw myself off a cliff. The material energy's beating me up. But you know, I'm feeling a little bit better about things this week. You see what I mean? So it's, uh, but you start to have faith in, in spiritual life. You start to have faith in Guru and Krishna. And the, the object of the game is for the, for the, the faith uh, that you have in material, you know, you have the material energy here and the faith in spiritual energies here. Well, one should increase as the other decreases. And you start really feeling good when you get about even, and then you get a little head. And you're, but so we've, if, if we keep putting our faith into the, into the spiritual energy, then our faith, that mixed faith, that's called the mixed faith, goes away. And we have uh, uh, pure faith, total faith. And we, we have no faith in the material energy. You see, we look at the material energy and we, we kind of laugh. We think, you know, what did I ever see in you? Why did I ever try this to begin with? Why did I try it again and again? Why am I asking so many questions? <laughs> you know, I, I, I really want answers. So, uh, so that's, that's the process. 
you know, is let's, let's put a date to it if we can. Let's try to make it certain. Let's bring it forward. I'm going to do, I'm going to do better. It's like, you know, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get in shape. Well, it doesn't work until you put a date to it, you know, so any, any comments or discussion yet? Yes, ma'am? I have kind of, um, there, it said that um, the pure devotee gets to where they're, um, they have the same, uh, they're n neutral, I guess, they, they have this, they feel the same towards negative things that happen as well as happy, positive things that happen in yeah. the material world. They feel the same. That just I just feel so far away from that, you know, because when something bad happens, it's just like, okay, I just kind of wait. I know that something good will happen behind it. Yeah. And to become new, to seem the same. Now that that is a, a, a perfect question and perfect timing because we were going to talk about suffering. Uh, interesting. I spent some time in, in India talking with uh, very wonderful souls, you know, the association in, in Mayapur and in, in Vrindavan is just unbelievable. And uh, <clears throat> we would sit on the veranda, you know, and uh, after lunch and then just talk and talk and talk. And the, the realization that uh, uh, the pure devotees have is that there's really no such thing as suffering. It's just another manifestation of Krishna's energy and how we interpret that, you see. There's no such thing. Now we may say, well that sounds stupid because I'm suffering if I'm outside in the sun, it's 105 <laughs> degrees, you see. But the pure devotee sees, sees everything as Krishna's energy. Uh, the yogi is the same in distress or happiness, he's the same in heat or cold. Now that's kind of a hard, a tough order to fill. You know, we're not there, but we're heading that way. You see what I mean? So as, as something bad may happen in our life, uh, we start to see, oh, so this is Krishna's energy. Now how am I to interpret what's going on right now? You see, how do I deal with this? Ultimately I want to, uh, I want to always be thankful to Krishna. You see, I've had some things happen. <clears throat> My mind's kind of a blank right now, as, as usual, but I, so I can't think of any examples. Maybe you want to come to me. Or it looked like things were really bad. You know, things were just not working out. Uh, but when Krishna gives you this test, when, the, when it seems like things are going bad, and you say, my dear Lord, you know, I, I realize that uh, this is a test that you're giving me, and I can't pass it without your help. I'm, I just surrender to you. <clears throat> and I want what you want, so guide me through this however you can. I'm, I'm willing to take whatever comes out. The outcome is, if it's what you want, you see. So when you pass a test, when Krishna is throwing a test at you, there's always a hidden gift, a really nice gift, you know, the silver lining to the cloud. It's like Krishna says, wow, I tested you and you took shelter of me. You didn't blame me for it. You didn't get angry at me. You didn't blame her or him. <laughs> you know, or the government or whoever. Wow, you took it on the chin and you took shelter of me. Wow, wait till you see what gift I've got. You know, it's, it's, it's some, it always comes in the form of some realization. It, 
closer step towards him, you see. He is more eager than we are, actually, to uh, renew our lost relationship with him, you see. So he really wants us to enjoy. It's just like we're, we're reading in Bhagavatam right now, in, in Srimad Bhagavatam class, about Krishna eating dirt. And when he was a little baby, he was eating dirt. And uh, Mother Yashoda asked him, you know, that your, your, play, your playmates say that you ate dirt. And Krishna says, no, I didn't, Mother. No, why would they lie about, about that? <laughs> Just look in my mouth and see, you know. And so we all know the story when Mother Yashoda says, come here. And she puts him on her lap and she looks in his mouth just like any mother will. And what did she see? She saw the entire cosmic manifestation. She saw the universal form in his mouth, you see. So he wanted to give her this experience. This, he wants, Krishna really wants, to, he, what he's trying to do is to bring us great joy. And uh, sometimes he's actually bringing us great joy, but we interpret it as suffering because it's not what I had planned. This isn't the way I would have written the story if I was the author. But if we can take it and say, oh, my dear Lord, this is your desire, uh, then that's very good. I know this is, this, this is a sweet, uh, this will have a sweet outcome. There's always something, some kind of a gift that, that he's got that's hidden in that package. So there's no such thing as suffering. It's how we determine, it's all Krishna's energy and, and how we deal with it how we deal with that energy, you see. Sometimes uh, uh, I, I, have, uh, I have this one godbrother uh, who is always happy. He's always, uh, and I won't mention his name because I don't know if he'd want me to, to talk about his health, but his health is horrible. Yes. It's terrible. How he functions, I have no idea. Mm. We all know this. and. Uh, Great sannyasi travels the world, constantly traveling. And uh, when you get to know him close and know how sick he is, you know he's in a lot of pain. But you would never know it. He's always got this beautiful smile, you know, always ecstatic. And uh, sometimes has to disappear for a while and rest and take medicine and like that, but always charming and always thinking of Krishna, you see. So uh, we can see demonstrations of people who have actually conquered this, you know. So the question is, uh, is the pure devotee actually suffering? And it may look like they should be. If it was me, I'd be feeling pain in Prabhupada's uh, last days, you see. It sure looked like he was very uncomfortable. Uh, however, he didn't act like it. He kept up with his work. He translated the Srimad Bhagavatam till the very end. Even though the doctors were saying, I don't see how this man can live another day. You know, Prabhupada, was, he would have somebody hold the microphone and somebody hold the book and he would read and translate and he couldn't move, he couldn't take care of himself, you see. So, it's due to our interpretation. Now, I know that sounds very lofty. You know, my gosh, how do you get to that point? And it's tough. But Krishna says here, uh, if you surrender to me, I will help you. 
I'll make it very easy. You know, so here we are back to the S word again. You know, this surrender. You know, what does it mean? What does it mean to surrender to Krishna? Anybody make a guess? What does it mean to surrender to Krishna? What's he wanting anyway? Is there something you sign? Do you have to have a white flag? You know, what does it take? I give you my heart. My Lord, I, I give you my heart. When you surrender to somebody. When two people get married, they surrender to each other. They give their hearts to one another. You see. When we take guru, we give our heart to the guru. You see. So that's our that's our that's our, our feeling of love. You know, here's everything. All I have is my heart and it's yours. You own it. You own me. You see. So when we do that to Krishna, um, what does he do? Does he just say, all right, I accept the surrender, and now here's your marching orders. But when you truly surrender to Krishna, what does he do? He surrenders, he surrenders to you. He's so mushy. Mm -hmm. He's like, Oh, you really? You surrender to me? Oh, this is real. You did it. Oh, what can I do for you? you know, then he wants, oh, he wants to give you everything. At that moment, when it's real, he's like, oh, wow, you surrendered to me. You know, he's not like, well, all right, you know, just remember who's the boss. He's not like that. When it's true, when you give him your heart, then he... Uh, you start, and how do we do that? We start to perform loving devotional service. You see, when we actually start to perform that loving devotional service to Krishna, we actually start to forget about doing loving devotional service for me. You see, then it says in um, uh, Nectar of Devotion that at that point it is is as if you had purchased Krishna. You now own him. He's enchanted by this love and service that you're giving him, you see. So, he's yours. You've just conquered him. He surrenders. In another story, in Krishna's childhood pastimes, uh, Mother Yashoda was trying to tie him because he was naughty. He was stealing the butter and the, and the yogurt. And uh, everybody was complaining, you've got to do something about this Krishna. He keeps climbing up into the rafters and stealing the butter we've got hanging up there. And he and Balaram break it, and they feed the monkeys, and they eat their fill, and then they leave. You know, you've got to do something. Mm -hmm. So Mother Jashoda, she'd been trying for a long time. How do I do this? How do I control this Krishna? You know, he's just out. Of, he's such a naughty boy. So she thought, all right, I, I've had it with you, Krishna. I am going to tie you to a grinding stone, you know, a great big grinding stone for grinding grains. It's real heavy. So, and he's just a little boy. So, she caught him and she takes this rope and she wraps it around his waist and she goes to tie the knot and it's two fingers too short. So then she gets another rope and ties the two together and she goes to tie it around his waist and it's still two fingers too short. So she gets rope after rope after rope. She's going around to the neighbors and can I borrow some rope? You know, usually it's, can I borrow a cup of sugar? But no, she's, can I borrow some rope? And she's tying these ropes together, and every time it's two fingers too short. And she's working so hard that the flowers in her hair fall out, 
the combs in her hair fall out. She's, she's perspiring. She's working so hard. And Krishna looked at her and saw this love that she had. And he surrendered. You can't tie me, but I surrender to you. And then all of a sudden it fit. The rope fit. Krishna surrendered to the devotee. So he surrenders. It's, so it's, it's not just a one-way street. You know, it's not like he wants, I want you to surrender. And then that's that. Just keep it that way. So actually what he wants, he's really dying to surrender to you. You see, he wants that, that completes that circuit of, uh, of Krishna praying, love of Godhead. You see, you surrender to him, he surrenders to you. It's, a, it's, a, it's an eternal bond, which we already have, but we, we actually take uh, possession of again. This, we, we get our uh, uh, lost relationship with Krishna back. You see, we've always had this love affair with him, but since we've started to travel through this material world and all these planets and all these forms of life, we've been covered over by the material energy. It's tackled us. You see. So, and he's eager to get it back the way it was. Because he really, really liked it when the two of you were surrendered to one another. He, he likes to be owned by the devotee. He likes that. Now some people say, well I can't imagine God be... Alright, alright, but let's forget God. Let's think about Krishna. Forget the God thing. Let's talk about Krishna. Well I thought you said Krishna is God. He is. Alright, but let's forget that he's God. We're talking about um, Krishna Prem, which is not a one way. There's, he has prema for us. He has unlimited love for us. You see, so it's not that we surrender and we're doing all the loving. You see, does that make any sense? Did I answer, or yeah. did I go yeah. off? And you know, I was thinking about um, when you said let's forget God. First, I thought maybe it was because of people's conditioning about God, but then also I realized that you know, even Darwin, they don't remember He's God. Yeah to get that close to him, to have that close of a loving relationship, you, you, you have to see him as just wonderful, lovable, unforgettable Krishna. You know, the fact that he's God, that, you know, nobody, who, think, who cares about that? You see, it's kind of hard, well, it's impossible to be as close as he wants you to be with him if you're thinking about him as God. Every time, now, when Mother Yashoda looked in his mouth and she saw the cosmic manifestation, then he blew his, his, his yoga potency in her, into her face and confused her and she forgot about it, you see. He doesn't really like that. He's not into that kind of a relationship. Because, you know, as soon as you start thinking of him as God, you start to freeze up. You get stiff and you think, oh gosh, I hope I don't make any wrong moves. You know, you got to be relaxed. You know, to be um, to be with him. That's what he wants to have that sweet relationship. So, yes, Prabhu. <clears throat> well, uh, as I recall, there's the six symptoms of surrender. <clears throat> mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, ex you explain about the devotion, but um, it seems like you can sort of get a little over-familiar or sometimes you may think you're more advanced than you actually are, but there's steps there, you know, that you accept what's favorable for devotional service rejects what's unfavorable. And, you know, I could go through the list, but, but you know, Krishna will maintain me, Krishna will protect me, I have no separate interest the interest of Krishna and to be meek and humble, you know, those are kind of, I think they're, they're sort of like desk checks or something, you know, to yeah. kind of see whether you're actually on board or not, or whether you're just sort of feeling it, but not really acting on it, you know, like following the, the process or something. So that's what came to my mind, because... Well, that's a good point. We can't artificially think, oh, I have Krishna Prema, you know. I, I can't, um, I have to remember that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead at this point. Well, at the same time, I don't want that to get in the way of getting as close as possible as I can to him, you know. Um, so we have to wait for the proper timing so we're, we'll lose all that on reverence. We have some on reverence. He, he'll take it from you. Little by little he'll take it from you. He'll, he'll get closer and closer as you're trying to get closer and closer. You see, We can't do it on our own. You know, we depend on him uh, really to do it. But so as we're trying, as we're going through the process um, and giving up those things that are not favorable to devotional service, Accepting those things that are favorable, you know, learning to depend on Him. Uh, that's so important. Learning to to depend, uh, to depend on Krishna. Uh, the gopis, the unique thing about the gopis, uh, one of the unique things about their relationship with Krishna is they they know they're convinced that I completely depend on Krishna. My dear Lord, I, we have nothing but you, nothing. There's nothing but you. Let's see. So, uh, but you know, we could we could think, well, I don't have anything but Krishna. Well, my career, I have that, you know, you know and my education, you know. Do you, do you ever see how many letters I have after my name? I've got a whole alphabet, you know. And there's, uh, you know, my fame, I have that, and my bank balance, you know. But other than that, I don't have anything but Krishna. <laughs> so even though we may have all those things, we have to see. I depend. I completely depend on Krishna. See, he, he he gave it to me. You know, I may think that I worked hard for it, <clears throat> but he he delivered it. You see, so we have to think like that, um, accepting uh, whatever we have as Krishna's mercy, whether it's good or bad, and that good or bad is up to how we accept it, how we deal with it. So yeah, that's, we 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 can't. Uh, Take that giant step and say, "All right, you know, I have Krishna Prem. You know, I don't think of Krishna as God." I remember uh, one time, uh, 1980. Hare Krishna. 1980. We were building a new temple room in Dallas, uh, and so we had to take uh, Radha Kalachanji, the deities of Radha and Krishna. 
we had to take them off the altar and put them on a temporary altar in the back of the temple. And, uh, and then we were going to tear down the old altar and build the altar that's there now. So it uh, came time to do that. And uh, I was in charge of it. I had been head Pajari and I was now temple president. But Tawang Krishna Goswami said, look, I want you to be in charge of this. I don't know. This is, you know, moving, moving the deity. So I went to get Kalachanji. You know, myself and a few other devotees were going to carry him. And I looked at him and I thought, oh, you know, but, but you're God. I'm going to pick up the Supreme Personality of Godhead. I felt tremendous awe and reverence, you know, like, oh, no. I felt like, I have to do this? This is, I, I could have gone all my life without having to pick up God, you know. <laughs> And then uh, I thought about it for a minute, and I thought, you know, he's arranged for me to do this. You know, he wants me to do this. And, and I started, then all of a sudden it seemed like, wow, this, this looks like a, I said this to remind me to chant Gayatri Nehemi. Uh, this looks like this would be, this is going to be sweet, you know. So, you know, it turned, in, turned out, but at first I was, I, I choked up. I have to pick him up. He's real big, you know, big. So there were several of us, myself and, uh, Three sannyasis carried Kalachanji across the temple road. You know, he's laying, you know, and he's real big and heavy. You ever seen Kalachanji? Was he made of? What was he made of? Marble. Wow, awesome. He's heavy. Yes. And we, you know, as we're carrying him across the temple room, he got heavier and heavier and heavier. And we were wondering if we're, are we hallucinating? Uh, you know, Sarab Maharaj, remember him? Well, he was on the other side from me. We're carrying, we had our arms locked. <clears throat> and he keeps getting heavier and heavier. And Dristadumna Swami was down over here, and I forget who else. It, but, you know, we're carrying him. And our eyes are getting big. We felt like we're going to drop him. Hmm. He's getting so heavy that, my God, you know, we just, we, there's no way we can do this. This is going to be impossible. So we just had to beg, you know, oh, Krishna, don't, don't get heavy, please, you know, please, I'm desperate here. And uh, so then we got him and set him on the temporary altar, and then it suddenly dawned on me. He didn't want to leave Radharani. Well, we had to go back and get her. So she's marble too, and she's, you know, she's not as big as he is, but she's, you know, a good-sized deity. So I said, all right. Let's have two more guys. We want six people instead of four. I'm not going to go through this again, you know. I don't know if my heart can take this because I was worried to death. Yeah. So we went to pick up Radharani. She was like styrofoam. She was like light. Now, what is going on here? He's like so heavy. And I'm thinking, I could have picked her up. And I would have struggled. But two guys could have not. I thought, what is... Then I thought, she wants to go to him. She's eager to get over there with him, you know, so. So, you know, working with deities, <clears throat> we, we still have a little bit of this uh, on reverence in our head, but we, get, we can get closer and more personal with, with the deity, with, with Krishna. You know, he will accept service. As a matter of fact, he presents himself in the deity form in an apparently helpless form. He seems helpless. He can't do anything for himself. He can't change his clothes, bathe himself. You know, he, you have to do everything for him. You know, 
Some people say, well, you're just playing with a doll. Well, no, you don't have a proper understanding. You know, he's there and he's accepting all this service to get you close. You know, you can get very, very close to him. You can get cheek to cheek, you know. Uh, sometimes when I used to dress Kalachanji, I dressed him every day for a long time. I would just sneak a hug. I would just grab him and hug him, you know. I'm here, he's let me get this close, you know. If he doesn't like it, then, you know, he'll let me know, but, you know, I thought, why not? So, so uh, yeah, through, through deity worship we can take, uh, take steps like that. And I wanted to read something, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more. Probably need to wrap it up pretty soon, though, huh? Do you need some wine? Uh, no, I think I'm okay. I wanted to read, we were talking about doubts the other night. Um, Srila Prabhupada said one time, uh, easy come, easy go. Hard to come, hard to go. Uh, intelligence, um, oftentimes they'll, um, an intelligent person will get into spiritual life baby step at a time, you see. Some people uh, although everybody benefits, but some people just spring right into it. But sometimes they spring into it quickly and then they have to withdraw a little bit, you know, because I went too far, it really wasn't that surrendered, but I wanted to and I come back. They don't lose anything, you know, and then they'll make, make steps back again. The Prabhupada liked it when, when there were, and there were many of, of my god brothers who took a long time, you know, digesting it little by little. Prabhupada said, this is intelligence, you see. Uh, it's also a deep love, you know, a deep love isn't given to, to God or to anybody just like that. It's an affair that, you know, it has to be won over little by little. So this is what Krishna says. This is the first verse of the seventh chapter. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, Now hear, O son of Prita, how by practicing yoga in full consciousness of me, with mind attached to me, you can know me in full, free from doubt. Free from doubt. So Krishna, what does he want? He wants you to know him in full. Not just 99%, in full, he wants you to know. He, he wants this, you see, he wants this relationship to fructify that. So how do we do that? By practicing yoga, bhakti yoga is what he's talking about, love and devotion. <clears throat> By practicing yoga in full consciousness of me, consciousness of me, with mind attached to me. With your mind attached to me. So we start out performing devotional service, and after a while we get some attraction. You know, it's very attractive. And so then we continue. Uh, performing devotional service and the attraction grows and then we don't even notice when it happens but the attraction turns into attachment we become attached to Krishna you see and that's what they call the, the uh, uh, back in the old days we used to say that the point of no return you know we could see when a devotee uh, all of a sudden they've they become attached to devotional service. And sometimes we would worry about people who would join. Because, you know, like uh, 
um, somebody would come to the temple and they would join like that. They'd say, wow, I like this. You know, I'm going to shave up and move in. And you think, okay, let's see how serious. So as time goes by, they, you can see they're developing some attraction. And then as time goes by, you can tell they're attached. You think, oh, this person will never leave. You know, they may suffer some difficulty, but they're not going anywhere. They're, they've, Krishna's stolen their heart, you see. So how do we do that? <clears throat> by performing uh, bhakti yoga in full consciousness, we do, we do like that. And Krishna says, you will know me in full. That's what he wants. He doesn't want to keep uh, uh, anything away from you. He doesn't want you to only get part of it, you see. He wants to surrender too. He was asking you to, but he wants to do it as well. He wants that, um, that, that uh, agreement between the two of you. Yes, Gino Pooh? So, if we're devotees, suffering is not real. Why do so many people seem to relish and enjoy their suffering? Mm. That's a really good question. Uh, why do they like to talk about it? Why do they like to dwell on it? Why do they like to tell other people that they're phony, that they really should be suffering more? That, um, that life is um, completely miserable? Sometimes we, we, we observe that, that people have some difficulty in their life and they start to, to talk about it with other people and they get a little pity, you know, like, oh, really? Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Tell me about it, you know. Is there anything I can do to help? And, you know, you think, oh, this is, you know, subconsciously you're thinking, well, this is kind of nice. I've got your undivided attention now. Wow. So, well, is there anything I can do for you? Yeah, well, as a, as a matter, well, did I tell you that I got this pain over here? You know, that's, so it starts to work. I'm getting your attention. And it's like all of a sudden now, whereas before I only had this much of your attention, now I've got this much. I'm kind of liking this. So, you know, I've got this other. I, well, I've got, got all kinds of problems. You know, I broke a nail today. You know, <laughs> the mail was late. The mailman didn't come till 4 o'clock. <laughs> you know, it was 105 today. You know, you know. So you get into this path of uh, um, it's a self pity. You know, I always say that the only party, the one party that you're never invited to, you, you but you find yourself at is a pity party. You know, and we have a tendency to do that sometimes. <clears throat> All of us. I'm not making fun or you know putting anyone no, down. No. It's a natural thing. You know. It's not even material issues only. Sometimes it's like, you know, nobody's saved, nobody knows God, life's in misery, there's just no way to break through it. Um, I, I've got, you know, serious kidney conditions, serious liver condition, a broken spine. I mean, my mother died, my wife left me. I mean, it's serious stuff too. Yeah. And they'll focus on it for 20, 30, 40, 50 years as if that's their theology. It, 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 it has something to do with this, uh, I don't know if I remember, the, Munchausen's disease? Syndrome, you ever heard of that? Where, where a mother, uh, p perhaps a father, but I've only heard of mothers that do it. They will actually feed their children poison, so that the child gets sick. Yes, Have you heard of this? I, heard of that. I think it's Munchausen. The sympathy of the community. The sympathy. The yeah. news article starts the out. Doctors. The, the child gets ill. 
-hmm. And everybody's like, oh, you poor dear, can I make, here I bake this and I brought this by. And the child starts to get well and the mother will do some, you know, some poison or something like that. And, uh, and sometimes it'll actually kill the child. It's not that they want to kill the child, you know, but they're, they, so there's something they get out of it. They get the attention of other people, you see. So that's a diagnosable thing. So on a smaller scale, my own self-pity, and, and actually some people, uh, and there's another psychological term for it that I can't remember right now, uh, people will train wreck their lives They'll actually do things in their lives because that's the way they live. Uh, the type of people they associate with, uh, the type of people, I've even heard that people will marry certain kinds of people. Like, uh, you ever heard of some people get out of a relationship, they, they have a divorce and they turn around and marry some, somebody very much just like the person, you know, that, you know, divorce an alcoholic, I was tired of living with this alcoholic, so what did I do, I married an alcoholic. You know, <clears throat> so, you know, it's the workings of the mind. You know, and again, we're not putting people down. We're, no. we're pointing out these are, uh, these are diagnosis. These are, the, they're, it's, as they say, diagnosable, these activities. And, and typically it's, it's um, uh, because this is the way I live my life. I've suffered all my life. And darn it, I'm just not about to change. That's a subconscious you see. Well, so there has to be something that, uh, some epiphany that they have to get them out of this, out of this habit, this perpetual motion that they found themselves in. You know. And, and maybe that just, epiphany is part of surrender then. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. 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 We have to, they have to get a taste. Somehow yeah. they have to get a taste. Now sometimes uh, Krishna is so kind that he'll give you a taste. Their immediate answer though is, I need to suffer more to get that taste. I need to do more rituals, I need to force myself mentally. I've, got a, I've got a close I've devotee got friend who's like that. Yeah. He feels like, well, you know, uh, Please don't. I have to continue to yeah. suffer. It's, yeah. my, it's my penance and yeah. my austerity. Yeah. I don't hear that when you read the word easy and other things that you... Krishna wants to reveal himself. I don't hear that need to suffer, but yet... Where does he say that? Yeah. Where does he say that's part of All right, you're going to come to me, you suffer enough, and I'll show myself to you. You'll know me in full. doesn't say that. He says, love me. Perform loving, devotional mm -hmm. service. Mm -hmm. And I'll show myself in full. I'll give myself to you. So maybe people have been taught that suffering is love. Maybe they're confusing that what could Krishna be. wants. I kind of think that it could be our, our many of us have a Christian background, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not knocking the Christians, but right. a lot of times there's a, this penance and austerity right. thing, and, and this particular devotee who's, a, who's been a friend of mine for 30-something years, uh, he was like that. Uh, I helped make him a devotee back in the 70s, yes. and, and he was kind of like that then, and he's kind of gotten over it, but it still reverts back. to. Suffering, suffering. Yeah. You know, but uh, Krishna doesn't want us to suffer. He doesn't want us. He doesn't want us to interpret what's happening in our lives uh, to be suffering. He wants us to, you know, uh, we are Satchirananda. Ananda. 
eternally blissful. That's our nature as living entities. That's what we are. Sat is eternal, cheat, full of knowledge. There's nothing that Krishna wants to cover up that he, that you, that he doesn't want you to know. You know, you don't have to have a top security clearance. He wants you to know it all. He wants you to know him in full. And knowing him is knowing everything. And Ananda, full of bliss, eternally blissful and happy. There's nothing in the Satchitananda, the description of the living entity, that says or implies anything about suffering. And the joy and knowledge, Prabhupada says, is available to everyone, right? It's not yeah. by birth, it's not by education, it's not by even being a brahmacharya necessarily. It's, it's by Krishna's mercy. It's, 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 yeah, and by you receiving the mercy. You have, to, you have to receive it. You have to be willing to receive it. But like you were saying before, some folks feel like, well, I don't deserve it and I haven't suffered enough yet. You know, I have to. I've been this and I'm a sinner, so I deserve to suffer. And therefore, when I've suffered enough, then I'll be able... But right now, I'm not... You know, I'm just not ready for it. I don't think that it would be proper for me to feel any, any bliss. Maybe little bits, little tastes, but that's it. I'm not ready to, because if I embrace the bliss, I have to give up the suffering. And some people are attached to suffering. You know, uh, when you're uh, uh, when you're suffering, you have you, you you seem to get more attention. Uh, when you're very blissful, uh, on the other hand, it could become a little lonely. You know. There could be people that would envy you. Exactly. Or think you're faking it. I'm suffering. What's with this person over here? What makes makes him think that he's entitled to bliss? Maybe you could turn on a light. (laughs) I'm starting to wonder if people could could take off and I wouldn't, they'd leave, I wouldn't even know. Ah, and there was light. That's perfect. Yeah. It's I've heard it expressed as like it's a ras. It's a ras. Yeah. That we get into, you know, whatever. Because I've been accused of having a, uh, um, I always forget the word, too. It's a certain ras I get into. Because I have, uh, my mother had mental illness, and so, and uh, I have a brother that does too, but. And I will just start to go into this big story about what they do, you know? And just the real, ghoulie's not the word. I'm trying to think of what the word is, but anyway, it's kind of a ghoulie, Ross. I'll get into, you know, I'll feed off of that energy of this big, terrible story, you know? Mm -hmm. And so. Yeah. But see, the the thing about that, it's foolish to try to be attached to something like that because time has already stolen it. That's right. You don't have it anymore. Whatever has happened, you don't have it. You can only imagine it, and you get the luxury when you reimagine some suffering that you went through of making it even worse in your mind. You know? But... Uh, it's only in your mind. It's just a function of your mind, which isn't worth. Um, if you can 
control the function of the mind, then you can make you can find a good benefit in everything. And that may sound a little crazy, but it, you know, I've known people that were prisoners in Vietnam, and uh, they were held for a long, long time. Look at John McCain, you know, he was like five years a prisoner, you know, tortured and everything. Even some of his limbs don't work because of the torture that he had. But he felt like it made a, it, it gave him character. You know, he felt like when he got out of that, when he got out of Vietnam, he felt like, you know what? If I can endure that, I can do anything. So he had this incredible confidence, and he went on to be very, very successful, whether we agree with his politics or not. You know, he's from Arizona, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. So. I mean, even something like that for like, I think it was five years, maybe a little longer, you see. And I've talked to other people that were prisoner. I knew this one guy that was a prisoner in World War II. I think he's probably dead now, but it was horrible what he went through. But when he was telling me the story, it wasn't like, oh, poor pitiful me. He was telling, and I, and I said to him, uh, I think his name was Byron, anyway, this is a long time ago, and I said, what you're telling me sounds horrible, but you don't seem like it bothers you. He said, wow, that was so long ago. And you know, because of that, and he went on to tell me how he became a successful businessman. Long ago. You know, he was like, God, that's so long ago. And uh, I asked him, well, what do you think you got from something like that? He said, I don't understand fear anymore. When I go into a, he was a salesman, when I go into a buyer, I have no fear. I think, boy, Whatever you could possibly do, I've seen a thousand times. So whatever you've got is Tinker Toys. And he says he thinks that, you know, all the time. So that's what he got from it. He felt like, boy, that, I mean, it's like when you work out, you know, you, you have pain and suffering from hurting and everything, but then you get stronger, you see. So if we look at it properly, whatever Whatever is coming down on us like that, there's a, a silver lining, as I say. There's that gift. If we'll, if we'll um, go through with it, handle it in the proper consciousness. So, you know, we have to help people that believe that they're suffering. You know, we, first of all, we have to realize that we're not suffering. I mean, we are suffering if we're on the material platform. You know, suffering like anything. But as we get a little bit more and more on the spiritual platform, we start to lose consciousness of the suffering. Except once in a while, our body will do something to remind us, and, or you know, something. The material energy will will do something. So we're not there yet, but we're along the way. You know. So what we have to do, and that's the the, the duty of a devotee, is so wonderful because we're trying to take away the suffering of the world. We want the world to stop suffering. You see, we have a way of life that you can that will take away your suffering, and a way of, of uh, using your mind, you know, not and not letting the mind use you. Use your mind in a certain way to take away your 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 suffering. So that's what we want to do. We want to give that to, to the whole world. We want to get better and better at it, <clears throat> and we want to we're what, that's the we want to take that medicine of devotional service. To, to overcome our, our concept of suffering, and we want to give that medicine to everybody else in the form of chanting the holy name and uh, serving the pure devotee and Krishna. That sounds real simple, you know, and it sounds too simple, 
if we made it much more complicated, people might buy into it quicker. But it just really is that that easy because we're dealing with uh, we're dealing with the supreme personality of Godhead, and it's what He wants. He wants us not to suffer, and He wants us to be totally conscious of Him and to know Him in full. And if He wants it, He's used to getting what He what He wants. All we have to do is surrender to what He wants. That's it. So, anything else? We ready to wrap it up? We could probably continue while we're taking prasad. Yeah, yeah. I can talk and eat at the same time. Can you? <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, enduring. I sure appreciate the opportunity to speak.